0: With Conair Air Girlbomb, available at Walgreens. Conversations on life, style, beauty,
3: and relationships. It's the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. Well, let's talk a little bit about Bowen Young. How did you guys decide like a duo is the way to go after having, you know, your own individual careers? I know you were riding together for so long, but were you, was it just like a very clear moment or um, was it something you kind of grappled with for a while? Um, it's something that I had
4: wanted for such a long time and it it was I guess I I let other people make decisions for me because I was so exhausted all the time um when I was doing the TV show that this thing that kept being like, Oh yeah, gonna do it, gonna do it. Not Brand, like we both wanted to be in a duo and I, you know, I was trying to spearhead that and was just I don't know I let other people make decisions because I was exhausted and I trusted them to be going in the direction that I wanted to go in mm-hmm. and then the pandemic happened and I reevaluated everything which was really hard and um one of the best things I could have done for myself and us uh possible um and then was sitting in where oh, Tracy Gershon's place. Yeah, or
5: Tracy Gershon's backyard. It was Susan. Mm-hmm. It um, Susan. Our, our manager, manager,
4: Susan Bank. And we were all talking, listening to the new music. And Brandon and I always played together anyway. Like, it was silly that we weren't a duo. We were. Yeah. yeah. Some reason wasn't allowed to be on fake. I don't know. It was weird. Um, And Tr- Tracy and Susan, I think at just about the same time, were listening to the music and they said, have you guys ever thought about being a duo? And I just remember, like, my solar plexus like lighting up, like, yes, like every day for the (laughs) last. Are we allowed? Are we allowed? And they were like, "Why haven't you already?" I was like, "I don't want to talk about it." Yes, 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 yes. And it was the most wonderful. It was so so lovely. And then we did the first tour after the pandemic ended. So we we had written all of these songs, and like Brandon wrote my whole first album with me. I couldn't have done it without him, and he's actually the reason that I being able to go out more and be around people is a whole lot easier for me. Immediately it was easier when Brandon came about. And uh, we went out on this little city winery tour after the pandemic, and I remember standing behind the curtain waiting to go out for the very first show. I think it it might have been in Philly. I don't know. We're
1: in Philly.
4: And... I realized for the very first time I was about to walk out on the stage, and I didn't feel lonely, and everything just felt right because he was going to be standing in the spotlight with me, not just off to the side, like just out. He was always sort of kept there, and um, it was it was so beautiful. Uh, I just burst into tears, and he's like, "What's wrong?"
3: As you're about to go on stage, yeah.
4: like, I think I said something like uh, i'm unlonely and he was like okay well <laughs> we have to go out and sing songs now are you gonna make it
3: i'm like yes, I'm he's so- like can we just I'm table sorry. this for later
4: <laughs> yeah. he thought really, i mean i was raised by people who cry in kfc ads yeah, so he's in, I mean, very um emotional sensitive creature. So he was very supportive and was like, "Okay, but like, let's go sing songs now." Huh?
6: Yeah, th- <laughs> those those people are here for you. <laughs>
4: right. <laughs> it, it was so everything yeah. just felt right, and so Bowen Young has been the most incredible project to work on, and we're so excited that we get to release the next single soon. Skeletons has gotten really wonderful responses, um, and so the next one is "Dangerous Love," and I don't know. It just like it every. It just feels. The world feels right
3: to me now. Do you feel little... like now that you guys are married, that being in a duo is, it's just like an extension of your marriage almost like, you know, each other so well that it's easier to work together. Or is it that thing where you're like, whoa, we're like always together doing everything together. Like which, <laughs> which one is it? Or is it both? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I,
5: I think it's, it's special because, you know, obviously we have a unique relationship where mm we're both creatives. Um, we both write, we both sing, Claire acts, you know, um, but, you know, I feel really fortunate that we get to, if she's, you know, booked a film somewhere, like I can go with her and I'll write songs in a hotel room while she's shooting. And, you know, and then we get to go on tour together and then we get to write and make records Mm -hmm. together. And, you know, I, I feel like that's such a, a beautiful thing. And I know other people's relationships are different. So, and, and that's, that's fine. But for, for me personally, I just think we couldn't get any luckier to get to do what we do together. And, and, you know, there's no pilot in this thing. There's, we're both each other's co-pilot. Like we're, we're a team. So if it's, claire reading for a new role i'm the guy off camera reading the other lines of the other characters or you know if i'm working on music for a film or a television show or an ad campaign you know i'm bouncing ideas off of claire so we really truly are a team whether it be music or acting or or you know just life Mm -hmm. um and so i i just feel like you know we're so lucky yeah
4: we really quite like each other so it's not so bad being around each other all the time (laughs) well
6: how, how do you guys find the balance to like i mean obviously you you take this very seriously the this part of your relationship not letting the stress of it being everything that you want it to be affect just the romantic side like because obviously you have to turn it off at some point and just be each other with each other and then not be work. So how do you find that balance?
4: Um, With the work thing for me, like you never play a character at home. You can't, I don't know how people do that. Like if you're, if you're not just you laid bare at home with your person I don't, I don't know how to do that. That sounds really lonely to me and exhausting as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and like Brandon was saying, it, you you end up looking at, like we look at each other, I look at him and I'm like, they're, they're really wonderful things we get to experience together and then there's really hard stuff and I just want to do it with you, if it's even if it's awful, if I have to go through it. Not that I want him to go through it too, but mm-hmm. he's the one I want there and I'm not afraid to just be me. Um, I think that's one of the things that we sort of I mean, I already knew that about ourselves. We were we're best friends. We're I love him for exactly who he is. And I couldn't be more blessed. Like I just I'm still just amazed that I'm married to you. Or sometimes I wake up and I'm like, is so pretty. <laughs> 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 um, but you I don't know, there's I don't know any other way to do it except to be completely genuine because the other thing sounds really scary. Um, but I, don't know. I think, you
5: know, for us, it's like, you know, every day is different. And so there are some days where we just want to sort of be in the house and we don't really want to see anybody else. And we just, you know, honestly, we'll just play Nintendo, <laughs> you know, yeah, like just Nintendo. like <laughs> open a bottle of wine and play Nintendo. And then there's other times where we're like, we don't want to look at a TV. And so we'll go to a bar and we'll just sit at the bar and we'll have drinks and we'll talk about whatever there is to talk about. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, I don't, I, it just works for us. So I think, you know, we're not, clearly we're not vacation people because I don't think we've been on vacation since we've been together. We haven't, we still, yeah, we still haven't done a honeymoon yet. But we, we just kind of try to, Live every day to its fullest, and some days are are much harder than others. Um, you know, when I'm really dark and and yeah, the sad, it's rough, yeah. you, know? Um, you know, Claire does her best to pull me up, you know, and if she's having a dark day or a sad day, then I do my best to pull her up. And it's like it's a team thing, I mean, life mm-hmm. is hard, like. Mm-hmm world is you know going through so much turmoil and sadness and to have a partner that you get to walk through all the good stuff and the scary stuff with is uh is just an incredible thing and to have an ally in this life um is amazing and so you know that might be sitting at a bar or that might be playing nintendo or that might be on stage playing in Germany or Australia or all of the UK. Mm. It's all got its own version of, of beauty and um, it's just great that we get to do it together.
3: Yeah. And I love, I just love that idea in general because like you just said, life is hard. And so if you can find companions, I mean, whether that's through deep friendships or a partner, whatever it is, I do think that something we miss a lot of times is like how much we need other people to hold us mm-hmm. up on the hard days or the hard times. And and to me, that is the biggest way that I've overcome any fears in my life. And so I hear a lot of that in y'all's story that you just have each other regardless of what the day looks like.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah
6: that's it. Well, yeah. you know, it, it's funny too, because obviously the jobs that you guys do are so different than what, you know, most people grow up and do for jobs. Like if you were a couple that owned the corner store together and went there and yeah. worked at the store and sold whatever, and then came home and had family dinner, like no one would be like, well, how, how is that? But because it's <laughs> entertainment and creativity, and public, and all of those yeah. and it's public. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I guess to me, for me, the question is like, how do you separate? Like, when something happens in your life, do you look at each other and say, like, w- we should write a song about that? You know, like, how do you t- get Sometimes. to turn the piece off? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it's very beneficial at some point. Mm. Yes, but if if it was like the whole relationship was constantly like, let's turn that into a song. Right. <laughs> no. Each other. So. It's, <laughs> like, um, and, and and I would fear that that would come to be um, because it's obviously you you both are very driven and you want to be successful and um, yeah. you you've you've overcome a lot of things through probably through art you know sure um, so you know that would be a fear of mine so it's it's really beautiful to see that you guys like are able to find that sort
5: of balance and just be together. Um, Instead of protecting each other yeah. speak to speak to exactly what you're saying is like sort of protecting each other. You know, there are times where I just know Claire doesn't want to watch a series or a movie or she just does not because she sees things through a different lens than I do. Mm-hmm. She's about dialogue and lighting and makeup <laughs> and hair Work. and wardrobe mm-hmm. and set design and all these things that she's literally like thinking of it like a director and like an actor and all these things. And sometimes I just know like, that's not really where her head wants to be right now. So let's go do something completely opposite. And then there's other times where she knows me and I will do the thing that you just said. Oh, we should write a song about that. Oh, that's a good line. Ooh, that's <laughs> a- constantly pulling my phone out and writing down, you know, notes or seeing a voice memo. And Claire will put on like music in another language because she <laughs> knows I can't understand it. And it's not going to put my brain into that place where right. I'm thinking through the that, like, Ooh, that's, Ooh, that's really good. That's, it's like, you have to figure out where you can, like you said, kind of shut it off and be in the space together and enjoy each other's company without it having to be sort of through this lens of work. Yeah. Right. Yeah
4: safe space you have yeah Um, yeah I don't know how else to do it my granddad said to me a long time ago like long time ago uh, it doesn't matter how long you're together or married or whatever you want to do you should always say please and thank you to each other there's this weird thing that happens where people forget how Mm. much how magical they thought the person was in the beginning and with Brandon it just keeps getting better he's like I mean we've been through some some shit together and where I, we, I mean, I love him more every day. I, I don't know what I would do without him, um, and I don't understand why would like what why someone would be impolite, or like he always opens my car door for me, and I, I'm always like, oh my goodness, you always open the car door for me. I, I, always say please, and you know what I mean. Like it's all always that that level of courtesy and politeness, not as a. Um, not as an unfamiliar thing, but you can have that familiarity with each other and at the same time have really deep respect for each other mm. that goes
3: away, if that makes sense.
6: Yeah, that no, that's really sense. beautiful. Deep
3: respect and I think I hear just so much caring for each other, which I yeah. think gets lost when life starts to happen and and um, relationships go on for a long time. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And
4: the You know, the, the career stuff is really important, mm-hmm. but... Like I feel really lucky we live in a house on the lake and it's wonderful, but if Brandon didn't live here with me, it would just be a box near some water. I don't care. I don't like there's Hollywood and the music industry are very strange places to work and you can have all of the success and there, you know, the things that that it's the stuff that happens throughout a career. Um, There are lots of ups and downs and It's wonderful when it's wonderful. And when it's not, it's really dark. Um, And none of it matters more than my relationship with him. None Mm. of it doesn't. Without that, without
0: him, I wouldn't want to do that. Because this is what actually lasts. Right. Mm. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval.
1: Terms apply. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic Happy International Women's Day. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History class.
7: Well, one
3: time that you guys have collaborated recently about a life event that um, turned into music was you said during the pandemic, there was a home invasion that happened and you've written a song called Dangerous Love about that experience. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about what happened? Yeah.
5: Do you want to? I'm happy to. We'll tag team it. Uh, It was a little over a year ago um it was a sunday night um it was about midnight a, almost yeah almost midnight i had just finished watching sunday night football claire was already in bed um and uh came upstairs and you know got into bed and we have a 200 pound irish wolfhound that sleeps at the foot of our bed and um i had literally just gotten into bed and our dog Phelan, he picked his head up and he, he made a peculiar peculiar sound. It was, uh, it was, it wasn't a bark. It wasn't a growl. It was a, I hear something that is unfamiliar to me.
4: I don't like it. And I don't like
5: it. So I just slipped out of bed and went to look out the window towards the front of the house. And there was a man in front of our house, sort of almost right at our front door. And um, so I quickly went back in the bedroom and Claire said baby there's somebody out front and I said I see him so I was looking on my she was looking on the ring camera so I'm pulling my ugly boots on and she gets out of bed and says Phelan come and so the three of us go down
4: Phelan's the dog down the stairs (laughs) to
5: the front door um and we're looking out this little window in the front door and you know how sometimes kids will check car doors and then they'll just move on if the car is locked, you know, It happens
4: whatever. sometimes. Yeah. We, we didn't want to like anybody's life. So yeah, made some noise with the, the mail slot and just, you know, we're here. Can you not, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um And then Brandon went down to, he's said, so I'm just going to go and check the mid-level, make sure like where the, the living rooms are. I'm just going to go and check it out. Um, And you were so quick. I guess you heard the.
5: So as soon as I got down the the stairs to the mid-level, I was rounding the turn into the kitchen. Claire was still on the landing with the dog, and I heard the security system go beep, 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 and I heard the back kitchen door slide open. That's where we, we hang our recycling. So I could hear like the aluminum cans slide across the tile floor. Mm. And I, I just I turned around and I said, He's at clary's in the house. Get upstairs. Get upstairs. And so we ran upstairs to our bedroom, closed and locked the door. uh Claire called nine one one, and was on with nine one one dispatch. And she she had, Phelan was like right at her head, like he was plastered to the side of her. But he was very aware that things were, yeah, pretty gnarly. And um we
4: just waited for a second, and then yeah, ooh like talking to the dispatch and um we heard the guy walking around pretty calm downstairs for a little bit and because we, we were dead quiet and the dog's whole body was shaking. I'm thinking I couldn't let him, like I, I couldn't let him go because a, a dog like that will go for the person who is trying to hurt their person. That's all mm-hmm. like they don't care about or anything. So I had a hold of the dog and we thought, okay, the guy, it's like, we're fine, the guy's going to go to the music room and he'll take the guitars, there's a bunch of stuff in there that you have to walk past to get to the front door. So he'll take them and I had seen him hunting around the truck, so he'll take them in the truck and that'll be it and this will be a, you know, I can't believe this is happening but it'll, it'll be over. And then we heard him walk past the music room and start up the stairs to where we were and... That was a terrifying moment because I realised then it was like, oh, no, he's not here for them, okay, because there's only a couple of rooms up at the top of the house uh, and he had to walk past all those things to get to us. So he'd seen them and ignored them and we heard him like methodically come up the stairs, very calm, and then I watched, I was sitting on the floor and I watched the door handle to our bedroom turn once kind of like, a, like he tested it and it was locked. Um, and he spent. I, I just thought this is not happening. If I had to tell dispatch like he's at our bedroom door. And I think as I said, and he's trying to open it. The guy started. He he didn't yell. Brandon said to him, "Don't come in here. Like if you come in here, something really bad's gonna happen." And the guy told him to go fuck himself. Um, and I screamed at the guy. Don't know what that was going to do. You just get taught in Catholic school to be very loud when someone's doing yeah. something terrible to you. And he very calmly said, "You're going to open the door. Open the fucking door." And then spent the next—I think it was only 11 minutes—that it took the police to get there. Thank goodness. Just trying everything he could to get in and hitting it and kicking it and. Uh, we had to screw the door back together afterwards. Uh, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm watching the door, like, start to bow in from what he was doing. And Brandon was very calm, called our neighbour, Trey, who's wonderful and came running over. He's a ex-military and ex-policeman. Um, and so he was on his way over as well. And I'm looking at the door and I'm listening to it. It was making this cracking noise, like when you hear wood snap and splinter. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh my God, he's he's gonna get in and I'm gonna have to do, we're both gonna have to do something terrible so that he doesn't take my whole world away and mm-hmm. my whole world Brandon. Um it was just and I, I've had my life threatened before. Um, so that kind of boundary with me had already been broken and it was it was rough. But having Brandon's life threatened. That was a whole other thing and I used to feel really terrible about the things that I knew that I would do if somebody hurt him um, to try and stop them and I don't feel bad anymore. It was something that just kind of changed. I just and, and all of a sudden, like a movie that I wasn't getting paid to be in, which was frankly just rude, um, <laughs> we heard that we could hear the sirens that they were just too far away. They're not going to get here in time. The door is cracking. and they got there and everything just stopped like we heard the cruisers pull next to the driveway everything stopped and went very quiet and the guy went and answered the door for him for for the police. and what uh, yeah Yeah,
5: they they removed him
4: they he tried to tell them that it was his place and that they should go away and made a big fuss about they were infringing upon his rights and that it was his property so that he could come back and finish doing what he was going to do um but wow. thankfully, yeah, it was, it was just as the door was starting to give. It was really very strange. Um, and so we were up until I think 4 o'clock in the morning with the, the sergeants that... Detectives, detectives and sergeants. And they were so lovely and our neighbour was so, so wonderful, um, both of our neighbours. Yeah, um, so we,
5: huge, huge thanks to uh, yeah, the Metro, Metro Police. Police department, was, they were incredible. And they, they were amazing.
4: They were it would have taken them half an hour to get to us. It was only that one of the officers had um made a mistake on his roster and he thought he was off that night. And I guess one of the other blokes called him and said, Mate, where are you? And he was like, I'm at home, I'm off. And they were like, No, you're not. And he got into his cruiser. He lives two miles from us. So he got into his car and as he sat down, our call came in.
5: Wow. And it's the only
4: reason he got to us.
5: He was there time. so fast.
4: Yeah. They would have, it would have been another 20 minutes and oh my God, it would have been,
5: it was like 11 minutes, like, yeah, from the time we called 911 to the time that the police removed him,
4: yeah. And the 911 dispatcher was was wonderful as well. Yeah. I don't know her name, but thank you if you're listening. Um, wow. so we, we had a uh, we had a right two days later,
5: yeah. I think so that was Sunday night, and I think Still our, makes my I letter. think our, um. <laughs> writing session with Sean McConnell was Wednesday at 11 a.m. I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday. And we drove out to his studio and uh, he was going to produce our record. And um, so we were just writing for the record, but we were just shredded, like had not slept completely just a mess. And it had
4: been a couple of days of dealing with everything. Yeah. I I hadn't like burst into tears yet. Or I, I did cro- I think neither of us had really crapped yet.
5: Yeah, there it was. It was just shock, and so we pull into the driveway, and Claire just sort of melts, and uh, you know, <laughs> and and not great. I was like, you know, Sean will be in in a minute. Yeah. just give us a sec. And so anyway, we we went in the studio, and he was just Sean in every He's way. Amazing. He's just brilliant and sweet and and wonderful. And so we he made a pot of coffee, and we sat down in the studio, and and just talked. And he said, you know, he like, guys, I can't believe you're even here. And, uh, you know, it was one of those decisions that we were just kind of like, you know what, we're not going to let this rob us of, mm-hmm. you know, of what we're here to do, you know, and we're thrilled to be making a record with Sean and we're thrilled to get to write songs with him. And, and, He's you so know, great. and so we're not going to be robbed of those exper- experiences. And so I we probably talked for two or three hours. Not, I mean, I was not feeling creative at all, and Claire sort of had these this percolating idea that she sort of was tossing out into the room, and and uh, maybe two or three hours in, she said something, and Sean picked up the guitar and started picking and said, you know, what if it goes a little something like this? And within an hour, we had written the song, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really honest. Yeah. It's a very mm-hmm honest song
4: that's one of those moments where chip like you were saying you know something happened and you go oh that should be a song mm-hmm. it really happened like that most of the time with us so it was difficult to be sitting there and I'm thinking like I usually write about whatever we've been talking about in the session where there might be an idea that you've been holding on to something like that and it may have come from one of those experiences where you're like oh that needs to be a song but I could grieve about it first or whatever um but sitting there I felt so useless and uncreative and was like I have this is the only idea I have and I don't know if it's anything and it's okay if we don't write anything today um but I just I have no words mm-hmm. I can't believe what just happened to us and for no good reason whatsoever and that's what they picked up on and like it was a Mad team effort from there on in. Mm. Um, but it it created this song that we're really proud of. Um, and the more we sing it on stage to whether it's like thousands of people or like I don't know two hundred and fifty at the city wineries, there's a little bit of, I don't know if it's healing or something else that you start to understand about your own experience. That happens. Um, and I guess it was a couple shows in on the first tour we did out after it happened that we realized that it it can actually become a vehicle for anybody out there who might be struggling with something that they don't know how to talk about. Mm -hmm. And something somebody did. Um we've done so much trauma therapy over what happened. It has become a vehicle for us to say, like it's it's not weak to talk about your feelings and the things that terrified you and Mm. the things that hurt you. It's really brave and really strong. Mm -hmm. Um, So proud of Brandon for all of the, all of the sessions that you've done. Really, really intense trauma therapy because it was, I mean, it was the end. It was like, it was him or us and that's terrible. But um, if something good can come out of something so horrible, it's being able to let other people know that, it's, it's a good thing to go and talk about the things that you need to talk about and heal properly, you know?
3: Yeah. I mean, Chip, when you listen to that, are you like, uh, Kelly is like freaking ah, out right now. That's uh, so yeah. really my motto for life. I'm just like, that's exactly why I want to do this podcast. It's, I agree with you. I think it's the bravest thing that any of us can do and to face the hard feelings and not just, you know, suppress them. That was the big reason we picked that, th- this theme for this month even was just to really, um, you know, kind of embrace the things we've all gone through. And I love that you guys are u- utilizing your creativity to put it out there to the world and as a healing experience for both you and us as listeners. Um, tell the listeners what else they can look forward to musically from you guys coming up.
4: Oh my goodness. Well, we have the whole record coming out. Are we releasing it in bits and pieces? Do we know that yet?
3: Well,
5: chip as you know it's a brave new world putting out music and so yes it is uh you know we thankfully have the wonderful brilliant susan bank to uh to guide and direct us but mm-hmm. as i what i know is that dangerous love comes out in november mm-hmm. and i know at some point the rest of the record is going to come out there may be another single to follow yeah. But, um, you know i'm I'm just along for the ride,
3: yeah. you're like, I'm gonna write the songs. you guys figure the rest out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It
4: was really wonderful making the record with Sean McConnell.
3: Um, so we're really excited for that to come out,
4: and we're like looking towards tour dates and things like that. I just came off a film set, so i'm I'm still like fried.
5: So yeah. there is a, a Christmas movie coming out next month.
4: amazing. So really excited about it it's called hashtag Christmas and I read the title and was like oh and then I read, yeah, <laughs> I read the script and was like oh it's so lovely <laughs> I, I I love Christmas movies I think they're beautiful yeah so it was really fun I just came back from filming in Canada um Amazing. So that was lovely I'm just still like in the middle of re-entry so I'm still yeah. like weird and crispy from you know 16 hours a day on set a day on set for you know however long it was um, yeah but we're uh, we've actually started the next project. We've been writing um, with well, am I allowed to? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I scratch that. Okay, is great. <laughs> <laughs> the
5: Christmas
4: movie comes out on November twenty fifth, I think. Twenty fifth. Um, okay. Yeah, but it was really really fun to do. Um, but we're just, I think. The music industry is such a an evolving and shifting creature. You can release a whole bunch of singles um, oh. as you go uh, or we can release the entire album. We're not sure which one yeah. we're doing right now. There are just a few things that we're looking at that may or may not fall into place. So that will dictate more
3: of like the schedule of re- releasing things, things like that. So I will
4: I could well, be a bit more speculative about that.
3: Yeah, well, we can always, you know, you guys know I always link social media platforms in the descriptions of these podcasts. So I'll put both of you guys' individual pages as well as Bo and Young page, and we'll just stay tuned for the updates. That would be so wonderful.
5: <laughs> Thank you so much.
1: Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? m and has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic Happy International Women's Day. This
7: is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History
1: class.
2: I do want I know we have to
3: go because we're out of time, but I did, Chip and I came up with a couple rapid fire questions and we were wondering if you guys would rate on a level of fear, these moments in your life, like were they a zero to a 10 of fear? And what was the one thing you said to yourself to get through that fear in this moment? So the first one we have is for Brandon proposing at the Opry. What was your level of fear that day? Uh, one,
5: just you know, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous. <laughs> I, You know, <laughs> Nashville is the hardest place on the planet for me to play live music. Yeah. Just Nashville is Nashville. So anytime you're playing in Nashville, it can be a bit nerve wracking because you're surrounded by your peers. Right. And you're surrounded by people who are, quite frankly, just better than you are at what, you know, the, at the, at writing songs and singing and playing and all that stuff. Um, if you're lucky. But the Grand Old <laughs> But the Grand Ole Opry is a special, special, like interesting kind of place in Nashville that just uh,
4: feels like feels
5: home. like home. Mm-hmm. And it's so welcoming. So, you know, I guess there would be a little bit of like nerves about the fact that you're like, oh, this is like a huge life moment. I'm gonna ask the love of my life to marry me. But all in all, it was more just excitement and and just being thrilled to get to experience this all, you know, together at the Opry. And then hopefully she said yes. And she
3: did. Yeah. (laughs) Sort of. She said it after she said a couple of things. (laughs) Yes,
5: exactly.
3: Um, Claire, you posed nude for Allure back in the day in a, in a spread called the Naked Truth about empowering women with their bodies. What was your level of fear for that? (laughs) None. Really? None. really? None.
4: <laughs> it was a. Uh, I don't know. I had very very long hair, so that you know, yeah, covered, two of the important bits that people get all fussy about. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I think when you cr- maybe it's being in, me being in theater or being in hospital a lot, you kind of there is a level of um self awareness and I don't uh, maybe self consciousness. Yeah. That. I was like, "Well, this thing's not going to look this good forever, so I might as well, yeah, make fun, have fun with it." And I'm, I'll, I'm the first person to make fun of myself. I there's nothing anybody can say about any of the surgical scars that I've got that could offend me. Um, and I actually talked to the people who were taking. It was uh, Patrick Demarchelier who passed mm. away recently, who was taking the pictures, um, and I said to him, "Please don't let them edit out my scars, please, because to show." That a body is beautiful mm. when it's perfect and it's missing pieces, and you know, I've got some pretty gnarly stuff happening. Um, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I, that was actually, I don't know, I guess it was supposed to be empowering, but it was, I guess it was.
3: I don't know. You Sounds like it. I think that's um, empowering. You embraced yourself. Yeah, I
4: sat down with the, uh, the person who was interviewing us, or like one of the people, and she said so did you go on a special diet to do this and I was like no I no, I, I, I literally had had ice cream for breakfast <laughs>
5: oh I'm and so jealous
4: I, I, well I mean I get it but then she said what's the part of your body that you hate the most what would you change it was a really weird way to phrase it. and I was like well I'd like my fucking kidney back if I could have that right <laughs>
3: But see, that's that's what you got from your young childhood experience, I think. Maybe an appreciation for your body and the fact like that our bodies do the things they do every day. Like it's Oh, it's yeah.
4: amazing. It's Absolutely.
3: amazing. This
4: Absolutely. thing is like an old car. It's like you replace one bin and it puts pressure on the other bits and then something breaks down. You just have to be really gentle with it and yep. not right. roughly and it's all good. I'm just yeah. gonna around (laughs) yeah yeah, that wasn't scary and Patrick was lovely
3: so yeah that's amazing okay Brandon showing up to Nashville with a guitar that you didn't quite know how to play what was your level of fear
5: um I would say there was a there was a good amount of fear yeah uh, you know that at least an eight you know yeah eight or nine out of ten you know it it's a so I moved to a town where I didn't know anybody um not knowing what I was doing not having ever a song you know I think some people would just say it was stu- I was an idiot you know I was just, <laughs> just stupid you know um but yeah I mean that that was daunting mm-hmm. well at the same time I also didn't know any better right so there was sort of this like you know, I don't know. I was just kind of floating around going, I don't really know what I'm getting into. And there's, I don't know any of the rules. So I'm just making it up as I go along. So in a lot of ways, I've sort of felt like an imposter for 22 years mm-hmm. and now, like, just faking it till I make it, you know? And, uh and knowing that, you know, making it, uh, what even, what does that even mean? Like right. making it is, this sort of moving target. I've been here 22 years and to look back, there are some beautiful things that, that I have had the opportunity to accomplish, but I still feel like I haven't even scratched the surface of what I want to do.
4: Yeah. I think uh, the, I think you're incredibly brave firstly, but when John Carter asked you to finish his father's song, Mm. Brandon came home, he's got these two little spots of like pink that happen on his cheeks when he's nervous. (laughs) He came home, he was very pink. I'm like, what the fuck happened to you? <laughs> John Carter just asked me to finish one of the Forever Words songs, mm-hmm. um, which is a compilation of pieces of writing that John Carter had found that Johnny Cash had not finished. Wow. Uh, he whittled them down to maybe from thousands to maybe two, three hundred mm-hmm. and asked Brandon to finish one. ones. That,
5: that's, it, that was a,
4: that was, that was incredibly brave. That was a, that, mm-hmm. that, it was a worthy that thing. That was a me. life moment
0: for sure. Yeah. That's an an amazing
6: life What an honor, yeah.
3: Yeah. And I just hear a lot of too, and I was kind of touching on this earlier, but in overcoming fear, it's just like, what's the next right step? And like, just keep going, you know? And I hear a lot of that in the story. And it's like, I love that idea that there isn't some finish line that you're going to get to that's going to be like, oh, and now I've made it. It's just all (laughs) part of the journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah like I have arrived. Yeah. Right. We all think yeah. that though, you know, like somewhere in our head, we're like, Oh, when I get to that moment. And then if you do get to that moment, it's sort of like, you've already forgotten about that moment. Cause you're on to the next moment. And it's, it's yeah. so, I love the idea of just, I'm just on the journey. I'm going to keep going and um, figuring it out as you go. I think we all are doing that. <laughs> I really yeah. do.
5: Yeah. And do the work, you know, really. It's, it's, yes. I read uh, Nick Cave wrote in yesterday's installment of the Red Hand Files that, uh, you know, inspiration comes because I put in the work. Yes. And, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to get up every day and just feel like you're walking on a cloud of inspiration and you just want to write this next song. Sometimes it's you just force yourself to put a guitar in your hands and a pencil in your hand and you mm-hmm. write for the exercise of writing and you put in the work and you know i think being prepared yeah only way to be prepared is to put in the work
3: mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. claire my next question was going to be from when you moved from australia to the us i think you've kind of already answered how scary that was cuz you said you were like hibernating in a little cottage to get away from everyone but what do you think the moment what was the shift that you felt in changing that narrative for you of like, okay, this isn't going to be scary anymore. I'm going to lean in. Um,
4: it happened gradually. Uh, I went through some stuff in 2014 that almost killed me, and I had to address why I didn't feel like I deserved to be treated any better than mm. uh, being treated. Um, and I didn't know what survivor's guilt was i didn't know i hadn't like no one gives you therapy after childhood cancer not Mm -hmm. not in the 90s like um when i got better when like now there are these wonderful organizations like guilders club that we we do events for and we love them um who support a whole like the spectrum of a family and friendship group who've been affected by cancer like there's the person who has cancer. Then there's the person who's taking care of the person who has cancer. Then there's the person taking care of the person. Like you know what I mean? Right. Yes. There was there was none of that. My parents were handed this tiny little pamphlet that was basically like, oh, your child is dying. Um, so the operative was just survive. Mm-hmm. And when all you're doing is surviving, you're basically living on like fear hormones and
5: you know cheap food. Yeah. Um, yeah.
4: Because I was broke um but coming here my whole life it changed and I met so many I met my doctor who has helped me so much with all the post-effects of the chemo stuff that Mm. no one no one talked about um no one talked about being one of the only children on my ward who lived Mm. um and so addressing all of that stuff and figuring out why I didn't like myself um or why I thought as long as I'm breathing It's fine, and and it's a really unhealthy way to think. Uh, It was that. So it was one of the reasons that I avoided Brandon for a really long time because I'd been through this terrible thing and I didn't want to – I knew I was really messed up and I didn't want to get any of it on him. Yeah. So I I did a lot of work um, to address why certain things had happened, not that they were my fault, but how to – Learning how to love myself Mm. because I knew that he'd been through some really bad stuff and, like, I wasn't, I already loved him so much. I wasn't about to allow anybody, not even me, to hurt him ever again. Um, So, yeah, that was, doing the work part was pretty scary, but also at the other end of it you're like, oh, I have the manual for life. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I tell right someone tries to kill you, then right? Oh, I'm with that now. Um, so I don't know. Fear is not. I don't really even fear death. I don't. I never have. What I fear is n- missing out, like being with my family and being with him. That's that's my greatest fear. Like when you're on a plane, and it's really turbulent. Like oh shit, and you're saying your hail marys and stuff. <laughs> the thing i'm not i'm like i'm not gonna even feel it if this thing goes down but i'm gonna miss out and i don't want to i don't want to miss out. i'm with them so i'm kind of i don't know that was an annoying roundabout answer to that question sorry oh, i loved
3: it I <laughs> was loved it
6: I I was really beautiful i
3: think it's actually the perfect place to end because fear loses its power when we just embrace all the things we have to be grateful for and sure. all the love around us. So you guys were so fun to talk to. Thank you so Thanks. much for being here with us. I think Chip and I could ask you a million questions, but we won't take any more of your time. <laughs> <laughs> it's
6: been so nice. Thank, been you thank you, Thank you. That having. couch looks so comfortable, by the way.
4: <laughs> oh. Thank you. It They're looks all cozy
6: so cozy. Yeah, so it looks very They're
4: comfortable. In, cozied up in the music room. And there you
5: like
4: go. My parents, last night in Nashville, we, we were apart for about three years because of the pandemic. So we're going to take them to our
3: favorite pub.
5: Take them to uh, our favorite for pub dinner. And
3: Yeah,
5: have some dinner and, and we'll
3: drinks. we're going to New York tomorrow for
5: yeah. the rest. Yay. Yeah. 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 There
3: you go. Well, we're going to keep up. You guys follow Bowen Young on Insta. It's at Bowen and Young. And I will link everyone's Instagram page. We'll link the website. We'll keep up. I can't wait to see what you guys do and what is um to come for the rest of the year and everything. Thanks well, again yeah. for being here with us. Thank, Thank you, you so
5: much. And hopefully we'll see you guys around Nashville. Yeah. I yeah. would well, love that. Bye, y'all. Bye.
3: Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson, where we believe everyone has a little velvet and a little edge. Subscribe for more conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. Search Velvet's Edge wherever you get your podcasts.